Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. Some great news, and stay tuned at the end for some pretty interesting Q&A stuff. At least interesting to me. But uh, let's just jump right in and start with the news. First up, I just posted a video about Sega Dreamcast video output. It was actually originally supposed to be a review of the HDMI box called the Akura from the Behar Brothers. But the more I get into that, the more I realize that the Dreamcast's output is so unique that it really just needs its own little mini video series. So I'm trying to make these short videos, but each focusing on different ways to play the Dreamcast. Part one's going to be, or is, about uh, gaming on CRTs. Part two is very specifically going to be about flat screen gaming and how the Dreamcast's kind of odd output affects how you would play on a flat screen. Part three, which is probably not for another six months, would be uh, about internal Dreamcast HDMI mods. And then I'm sure I'm going to miss a bunch of things along the way, and there's a lot of things that kind of sort of have to do with the video output, but not quite, such as like some games that aren't compatible with the RGB cable, but they are compatible with S-Video and Composite, which is still very weird to me. Um, and, you know, the 480i, 480p trick, so you boot in one mode and switch into another. Uh, so I guess a, a good thing to do would be, you know, part two of this is the the flat screen gaming should be out within at least a month, I would say. And then I guess between that one and the internal mods, I'll do like a Dreamcast tricks and uh, tricks and tips. I don't know why I have a hard time saying that, but um, I figure that'll fill in the gaps for all the things that maybe don't pertain exactly to video output, but are still important to mention. So I guess it's just something I'll be planning on. You know, I'm in it for the long haul, I guess. So the first part, CRT gaming's already out. Next part should be out within a few weeks. And then I'll just, all your suggestions that you've posted in the comments and all the things that I might have missed, I'll put in the uh, tips and tricks videos. And then, of course, I'll go back and then do the internal HDMI mods once a few of those are already on the market. Next, I finally made some progress figuring out what the heck was going on with those Model 2 Sega Saturns. It was actually Steve from HD Retrovision that helped me out with this one. So basically, some Model 2 Saturns, I would have very weird problems with using C-Sync RGB SCART cables. And it really just comes down to the fact that all of these consoles output TTL Sync on their Sync port, and we should all be using 75 ohm C-Sync. So Steve did all the measurements, he did all the really hard work, I just followed his, uh, you know, his convenient little diagram, and basically all you have to do is make sure that there is a 470 ohm resistor and a 220 UF capacitor on the sync line of the SCART cable. 
Now, I think actually a 100 ohm capacitor is the perfect way to do it, but since it's way more people would have 220 UF capacitors laying around, at least in the retro gaming world, so both are fine. I did all my testing with 220, uh, and it completely solved the problem of Model 2 Saturns. So uh, if you have an NTSC Saturn, definitely make sure to add those components. They're cheap, they're just pennies, and you can just add them right to the cable. I checked with both major cable sellers, uh, retro gaming cables and retro console accessories, and uh, they both are including those components in the cables. Um, I'm not sure how long they've both been. I think Rob has for quite a while. I'm not sure about um, retro console accessories. So I would just suggest checking the cable, and it's the easiest thing in the world. The uh, the capacitor itself, it, you can just read the um, read the values right on the side. And for the resistor, all you need is just the ch a cheap garbage multimeter. Just set it to where you would normally tone something out and touch it to each side of the resistor and uh, see what it comes up with. So um, easy stuff, but it's definitely worth checking if, on your cables just to make sure you're feeding the correct signal. Next, there's an English translation patch available for the Super Famicom game Ghost Chaser. And it looks like a pretty cool beat-em-up game. It's, at the very least, something that I would have thought would have sold in America. So now there's a, an English translation for anybody that wants to check it out. Next, the Retroblox is now known as the Polymega. I guess there were some kind of licensing issues. But that's the software emulator box that claims to play games directly off of the uh, CD discs. And it has a few menu features that supposedly sets it apart from the rest. Personally, I never get my hopes up for software emulator boxes anymore. Um, I've been let down by every single one of them. And a lot of people got annoyed the last time I said that, but it's just the truth. They just, for me, who enjoys the original experience, it would take something of the quality of the analog NT Mini for me to even care about anything else. And that's not even a software emulator, that's the FPGA emulation. So uh, I love software emulation for MAME because it's just not feasible to have all those arcade games. But I'm just not really excited for stuff like this. I'll try to get it as soon as it comes out though, uh, and at the very least try to do a review. I did reach out to the people um, that are on the Polymega team, I almost just called it the old name of Retroblox, uh, and saw, I tried to ask if they'd like to do an interview, but they didn't seem, or they never responded at all, so, and I don't think they, they would, to be honest, I don't think we're their target market, because uh, I guess we'll see, but only speculation, time will tell, maybe this thing's awesome, I hope it is, and I'll let everybody know if I have any more info on it. The Neo Geo Pocket ROM carts are starting to ship this week for about 70 euros or about 90 dollars, give or take what the day is. Um, if you were on the mailing list, you should already have been notified by the time you see this. Um, if you haven't, you might not make the first batch of 100, uh, but there'll be another one coming soon after. I think I, I got the notification, so I'm pretty sure I made it for the first batch, and as soon as it comes in, I want to uh, definitely do a quick review. ROM cart reviews are generally really quick because um, the only thing to talk about is if they have some kind of fancy feature like the MSU audio or if there's something wrong with them. <laughs> so uh, it'll be a quick review because I expect it to work just as well as the Lynx ROM cart and hopefully I'll be able to get them on for a quick interview as well. The team behind Flashmaster.com has just launched a Kickstarter for their Free Play Zero, which is essentially their Game Boy Advance looking Raspberry Pi box. And it looks pretty awesome. Basically, you could use this to choose and build your own custom portable gaming solution based off Raspberry Pi and compatible with all existing software. 
And I'm a little more excited about this than I normally am about uh, things like this because unlike some proprietary solution that once they abandon the project, it's done forever, it basically uses Raspberry Pi. So it uses the Raspberry Pi Zero or the Raspberry Raspberry Pi 3. um, And you could just use the software that's made for those. So even if this team does decide they don't want to support it anymore, which is unlikely because Flashmaster.com really stands by their stuff, but even if they decided that, you could still continue to use it for as long as it lasts just by using Raspberry Pi software. So it's pretty cool. As of now, it's already funded, so there's more of a chance of you getting it on time. But uh, I think it's awesome, and I'm really glad these guys did it. And they also posted a free um, 3D printable design for their uh, their Flash Master Neo Geo Pocket ROM cart. So if anybody bought one of those without a shell, you could just 3D print your own design. So great work from those guys, and I hope to hear uh, more of their stuff soon. A new Bubsy game was just announced for the PS4. These are games that I never really played on their original consoles back in the early 90s when they were released, but they always looked fun, and to be honest, I'm not sure why I never really gave them a chance. So now here's my excuse to go back and experience the originals, and hopefully if the new one's any good, I'll be playing that as well. My buddy Kenji just sent me pictures of the new Tectoy Genesis, and on the outside it really stays true to the original and looks very cool, but on the inside it's a completely different story. So it's all new boards in there, it doesn't even remotely resemble the original, which is what we'd expect. And based on the type of chips they have inside, I'm not 100% sure how it works, but it kind of looks like a cross between a system on a chip and with some software emulation on top of it. Uh, Any of the experts, please take a look at the pictures and comment down below. And also, um, I'll have a link to where you could download like a full zip file of all the pictures if you want to check out the close-ups. So thanks again to Kenji for sending them for me, and thanks again for making the animation at the beginning. It's the same Kenji. (laughs) And speaking of new Genesis consoles, At Games has announced that they're going to be making a 720p HDMI Genesis. And once again, I have a feeling it's going to be some junky software emulator on a chip. But... Who knows, maybe we'll get lucky and we'll actually get a really good clone for once, but uh, until it's released, which should be September, um, but it's only speculation. So hopefully this September I'll be getting one and giving it good reviews. Some updates to the open source scan converter project. Version 1.6 prototypes have arrived and they're working well. This includes the audio board integrated directly into the OSSC, as well as a few more audio inputs and outputs which really helps for people that want to wire in like a VGA cable with audio and have it all outputted through the HDMI's audio. Uh, and this will be available for pre-order somewhat soon because they've switched over and going to be trying out a pre-order model. So as soon as those are opened up, I'll let everybody know. I'll probably tweet about it immediately because I know a lot of people that are waiting on uh, purchasing an OSSC. And I'm really happy that they're making progress with this. I love mine and I use it all the time. Next, it looks like the Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 is actually being developed internally at Capcom Japan, which is pretty cool that they're handling the transition of their games from older platforms to newer. I actually always wondered how that translates to lag. Is it a software emulator? Do they actually rewrite the games on the new code? How does the wireless controllers of today affect the controller lag of something that was supposed to be lagless from before? It's probably another conversation for another time, but um, about this collection, uh, there's no plans for a Switch version. They're just focusing on Xbox One, PS4, and PC. 
Um, and for the Mega Man 8, uh, they're actually going to be using the PS1 version, not the Saturn version. So you don't get the two extra battles that you would have. I actually didn't even know about that, so now I have to go play the uh, Saturn version just to see what that's like. And also, all downloadable content from both Mega Man 9 and 10 will be there, so that you can play the full versions of both games. Um, you know, being a retro gaming nerd, I'm still a little disappointed that you can't get Mega Man 9 and 10 reliably in 240p, because that would be what kind of set them apart for me, because it really felt like original Mega Man games. But, hey, uh, if this compilation comes out really good, maybe I'll just end up playing it on a newer platform. The Xbox One X, which used to be known as Project Scorpio, will be available for $4.99 in November. It'll be able to play some games in full 4K, 60 frames per second, and they're even working on original backward compatibility to the original Xbox. So it looks like they really are just making baby steps forward in the different revisions. My biggest complaint by far is Microsoft's awful, awful naming scheme. So we have Xbox... Xbox 360, so kind of feels like it skipped one. Xbox One, so now that fucks everybody up who's talking about the Xbox. Now you have to say original Xbox instead of Xbox One like everybody else would have. And then Xbox One S, as in Sam, and then Xbox One X, as in Xavier. So, what the hell, Microsoft? Out of all your marketing teams, you couldn't figure out a better name. <laughs> Oh well, uh, if you're into gaming on newer consoles, this seems to be the one to get with a pretty big uh, spec bump for all of the hardware inside, and it pretty much looks like the Xbox One S, but in black and even smaller. There's a new firmware update for the Dreamcast HDMI open source project. Chris2600 posted that, as well as a few other updates to the GitHub, so if you were looking to build your own and test, it uh, should be a little bit easier with an updated firmware. I haven't even seen one in person yet, but I think it's uh, any kind of open source project like this is awesome, and I hope to see it progress pretty quickly. A teaser video was just posted for a new Atari console, and it really doesn't give any information on it at all. There's a ton of rumors going around on YouTube, but I'm going to hold off on speculation until something's officially announced. But hopefully it'll be cool, and it'll give you more options to play those older games. Darksoft was just showing off his Taito F3 Multicart. So this is an arcade multi-cart for everything based on the Taito F3 system, which was released in the early 90s and had a handful of games. So I think stuff like this is really awesome, because <clears throat> as much as I would love to um, to help preserve all arcade games, it's just, it's impossible. So having multi-carts for things that basically use one board with different ROMs for them is awesome, because then you could actually have one of the originals, but then take the whole game pack with it. So Darksoft has a bunch of these, um, and someday I wish I would be able to collect them all and put them on display in some interactive video game museum for everybody to use. But as of now, uh, I don't have any of his products. I'm hoping to get his CPS2 version um, of, of the multi-cart, and I'm definitely going to be getting his Neo Geo one as soon as that's released. And no new word on that either. Voltar just uploaded a video that shows how to undo all the damage done from some of those notorious eBay PC Engine Duo mods. If you're anybody that mods duos, even if you're just somebody that helps their friends out, you've probably run into one of these before, and getting some of the epoxy off, it's near impossible. So uh, definitely check out the video if you mod duos at all. 
Uh, even if you haven't come across these, it's certainly a lesson in what not to do. But, um, you know, I'm I'm glad Voltar did it. A lot of people, uh, not a lot, but a few people, kind of felt that the video said, don't buy anything from eBay. And I don't think that was his point at all. I think his point was just, if you buy, whatever you buy off of eBay, ask for pictures inside and out. And to be honest, nowadays, you're even going to have to ask for pictures of stock consoles. I just had somebody email me last week, um, and they had they opened up their console that they had just bought off of eBay to see what, because it, uh, it said it was a one chip. They opened it up, and there's a dab of glue on the main, uh, main SCPUN chip with a trace running over to the amp. So, uh, you know, he sent it to me and said, what's this mod? And I said, somebody broke something. So he emailed the guy, and the guy gave him his money back. The seller was cool, but the, the seller said, yeah, it wasn't working. I found that uh, there was a bad trace, so I replaced it. I've worked on an insane amount of SNESs, and there's you don't get bad traces unless you've damaged it yourself. That wasn't an area where a cap could have leaked. Somebody messed something up. So it sucks, because nowadays you just have to, you know, whatever you buy from eBay, get pictures. And maybe if they say, I don't know, I've never even opened it before, just make sure you could return it. And as soon as you get it home, open it up. But that being said, I mean, as long as you know what you're getting, then everything's cool. I still buy tons of stuff off of eBay, and I never really have any problems. You just, you have to look out for some of the people with notorious reputations, post on forums, you know, tweet at any of us, and we'll try to respond in a reasonable time. But there's a few eBay modders that are terrible. And the sad thing is, I've had even people post comments in these videos saying, well, I bought off so-and-so, and, you know, they did a great job. And I always ask the same thing. Well, how about open it up and send me pictures? And they all freak out because what they thought was a good deal, they open up their console and it's garbage. So, oh, but he was so nice. Everything was great. Yeah, well, unfortunately, you got ripped off because your console is, you know, it's bad. Now you need to pay somebody to fix the work. So everybody definitely be careful with eBay stuff. But there's still a market for it. Um, there's a few people I know uh, that I know personally that sell on eBay because it's infinitely easier than setting up their own store, dealing with any of the, the credit card companies, and they do phenomenal work. The difference is all of their auctions have pictures of inside and out of the consoles they're selling. Um, they'll respond right away to any of your questions, and they have good reputations. So definitely, without a doubt, just Check your own, or you know, check things before you buy them. I'm sorry, this is probably ranting a little long, but I can't tell you guys how many emails I get a week of people that have just gotten things off of eBay and lost a lot of money. So, be safe. Check out Voltar's video. If nothing else, check it out as an example of uh, what not to do. And um, yeah, stay away from bad eBay modders. <laughs> There was a bunch of cool stuff in the discussions last week, so I don't know if you would call this week's Q&A more of a Q&A or more of a discussion continuation, um, but the first thing is, thanks to a bunch of people's recommendations, I ended up getting the Datapath Vision RGB E1S. I actually, I think I got the E1, but the E1S is the same thing, and it works great. Um, I had a few people, both on the forums and in the comments, recommend it, so I figured if many people recommended the same thing, I should give it a shot, and it works with all output modes of the open source scan converter. Um, I've been working on kind of a bug with the digital capture, but that's only for people like 
crazy people like me doing video comparisons and uh, picture screenshot comparisons for overall use. It does full RGB color spectrum, uh, and it works with all modes. The only issue I had is I couldn't get it to work with the latest version of the open broadcast software, OBS. So if anybody uses that and uses the Datapath Vision card, please let me know because that's kind of an important part of what I want to start integrating into a lot of these videos that I'm doing. But thanks so much for everybody's recommendation. Um, If you want one, once again, Datapath Vision RGB E1S, and it's a PCI Express version internal only. Uh, And I I like it a lot so far. It's really been performing well. Next, a correction. Um, I got the Firebrand X producer profiles backwards. Um, In his own words, so I don't fuck it up again, uh, they're designed to be all-inclusive, meaning all overscan areas are shown. This is so that video producers can crop out the garbage themselves in their video editors rather than the framemeister doing it. The reason for this is because the masked profiles may not center properly on all capture devices, and in fact, in many cases, they do not. So, uh, really sorry, dude, I didn't mean to screw that one up. Um, I don't own a FrameMeister, so I don't have the ability to test a lot of these. I'm much more of a fan of the um, OSSC, but I, I realize how unbelievably helpful those are, both for gamers, but also for people capturing game footage, because like I just talked about, you know, I had a real hard time finding a capture card that would work with all of the OSSC modes, but I think like any capture card will work with a FrameMeister. So anybody making YouTube videos, um, it's a pretty essential tool. So uh, really sorry I screwed that one up, and Firebrand X's producer profiles, links down below if you need it. Next, there was a lot of great discussion about whether you should modify uh, cartridges that are beat up. Do you replace the labels or anything like that? And a lot of people posted some great opinions, so many and so much that I don't really have room to post it on the screen here. Uh, But thank you for everybody that posted. And it was kind of unanimously agreed that just don't mess with them. It doesn't affect the way it's played. It doesn't, it's not going to hurt anything. And it'll eventually end up in the hands of somebody that'll rip somebody off. So whether we all trade together. So my friend Justin, a.k.a. the Goodwill Hunter, you know, his his point was, well, if you really want to display it, Keep all of the original, buy a new shell, print out a new label, and then sell them both. So be honest when you sell them. But even Justin himself kind of refuted his own idea in saying that eventually somebody's just going to sell the part with a new label and not even sell the original with it. And I honestly, I really agree. I know I'm kind of weird about this stuff. I don't like cutting consoles. I like to keep it original. But it's not so much that you're modifying the original. That's not what bothers me. I agree with all of you guys, and that eventually what's going to happen is somebody's going to sell it for full price as if it was original, which means that somebody else is going to get ripped off. So thanks to everybody for uh, for posting, and I uh, appreciate all your opinions. Next, I got an interesting email from somebody in Brazil with a PAL-M one-chip SNES. So I'm going to oversimplify it just to keep this short, but basically PAL-M uh, is only in Brazil, And I believe it runs at 60 hertz, but uses PAL colors and maybe even PAL resolution. Uh, I kind of forgot, to be honest with you. But point being, um, his question was, are there any FrameMeister compatibility issues with PAL-M consoles? And also, should he just use an NTSC RGB SCART cable? 
Uh, I have almost zero experience at all uh, with PAL-M stuff. The only thing, I think a few years ago, somebody sent me really detailed pictures of their N64 and said that it was able to do an RGB mod, which kind of leads me to believe that it was very close to the NTSC version. So those are great questions. Can anybody answer those for him? Um, so PAL-M consoles... Um, are they? Is that standard compatible with the FrameMeister? And I'll, I'll just ask for N64 and a SNES, just because I'm asking anyway. And do you use the NTSC RGB SCART cable with it, or a PAL RGB SCART, or something totally different? So I thought that one was pretty interesting. Next, a bunch of people responded in regards to model numbers of CRTs that have all the inputs. So I'll list them down below, and the pictures are all up here now. But I really appreciate everybody chiming in. I still have myself that 14-inch that hopefully I'll get Jose over soon to mod with me, and I'm going to keep my eyes out for any of those 20-inch models. There's actually a 32-inch model available near me, but that's a little too big to keep. I already have uh, way too much stuff in here as it is, um, but I'm sure I'll get to that one eventually as well. So thanks for taking the time to find those model numbers, and hopefully soon I'll have a CRT RGB mod video for you. And lastly, MMORPG Completionist asked, Will the Game Boy EverDrive X7 be able to play Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advanced games all on the same cart yet? And the answer is no, I don't think that it's ever possible for that to happen, because Game Boy Advanced games use all of the pins on a GBA, and when you activate those, it puts it into GBA mode, I think. I think I'm oversimplifying this just to make the point, but... So basically, when the Game Boy and Game Boy Color games go into a GBA that accesses a different set of pins that allows it to play in that mode. I'm sure there might be some kind of creative solution, but as far as I know, when Crix was going through and trying to figure all this out, there's no way to add uh, add those features in without a tremendous amount of cost or tooling or stuff like that. So uh, it really is, you're going to be stuck with two different ROM carts for, you know, for the foreseeable future. Sorry I didn't have any better news. And thanks for chiming in on the other stuff as well. I just, uh, we already talked about those. So, <laughs> thanks. Well, that's it for this week. As you can see, I changed locations because I came back home to do an interview with Yossi from the Behar Brothers. He lives in Istanbul, which is about a seven-hour time difference from New York City. And since I usually work from home in the morning and then go into the office at night to work at Retro RGB stuff, um, I didn't... I wanted to do it in the morning so he wouldn't have to stay up late or get up really early in order to do it at the office. So, you know, it's still stuck with my backup webcam, which as you can see is in this great quality and everything, and I don't have my nice mic, I just have my headset, but I think the interview came out well. Um, I, I really liked talking to him. Um, you know, he, he always has such a positive outlook on things. Like he said, he doesn't think of people as his customers, they're his friends, and he had a really interesting background about uh, talking about how his dad was um, the Sega rep in Turkey and how his family used to be in charge of importing and distributing video games throughout Turkey. It was pretty cool. Um, English is not his first language, so uh, just be a little bit patient. But I gotta say, it took a lot of balls to get up on camera and, uh, you know, and speak in a language that's not his first. A lot of people get really nervous on camera at all especially if you're not, um, if you don't speak English on a daily basis. I know I was uh, living in Taiwan here and there for a while back with my other job, and I started to learn Mandarin Chinese, and I think even if I kept it up, I would never have the balls to get on camera and start talking uh, in Mandarin. So, um, you know, th I really appreciate him taking the time to, to get on and to, to just say hi to everybody. 
and uh, I really like all of his products too. So stay tuned for the interview. Um, as always, any comments and criticism, please leave down below. Uh, don't bother telling me that this little thing sucks. I know I'm going to get a better backup webcam and a better backup microphone. But other than that, um, yeah, I mean, always, always love to hear from you guys, and I'll see you next week. Hey guys, I am here with Yossi, uh, part of the Behar Brothers, who make all of those awesome Dreamcast boxes. How you doing? Fine, and you? Good. Thank you for uh, thank you for taking the time to do this. We've been talking about it for a while, but uh, just the time zone thing is hard sometimes. <laughs> it's hard to find uh, enough time uh, for this conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have. Uh, I wasn't free most of the time, so I am very busy. But so, in the end, finally, we could find time. Yep. So is um, it's making these uh, Dreamcast boxes. Is that your main job, or do you work uh, uh, elsewhere during the day? Uh, <laughs> currently, it is our main job. We were uh, thinking as a side job, mm -hmm. uh, but. Uh, uh, at, at first, it started as a side job, uh, but uh, later we decided to focus on these things, and uh, now uh, I'm mainly working on I'm main, mainly working on these things, and I'm very happy to build and design uh, to uh, some products uh, for my friends all over the world. Uh, before uh, doing this uh, job, uh, I was importing video games and accessories in uh, Turkey with my family, working with my family. Uh, our company uh, focused on video games for more than uh, 20 years. Uh, but uh, later, I decided to uh, work alone and uh, do something different and uh, start it as a hobby uh, in the forums, assembly forums maybe you uh, saw so, uh, how it started uh, then uh, it grow uh, it grow uh, uh, it has grown like uh, we haven't expected. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we continuously uh, develop products, and uh, I'm very with uh, these things now. Mm -hmm. Now, so you said you guys used to import video games. Um, where would you get them from? Was it predominantly PAL from Europe or NTSC from North America? Uh, <laughs> uh, we are in the PAL zone and mostly uh, we were importing uh, PAL games. Uh, but before, uh, uh, there are some periods uh, we, we, were, uh, we imported Japanese or uh, NTSC American games too for Saturn. But uh, <coughs> mostly uh, European uh, PAL games and accessories from US and uh, Europe, like, uh, you know, Medcats and Intake, we were distributor of these companies, 
-hmm. and uh, we were yeah, distributing these products to uh, retail stores, chain stores in Turkey. And there are many uh, stores, retailers like Best Buy and big chain stores. Mm -hmm. uh, then uh, there were many knockoff uh, Chinese uh, no-name products which we can't, which we couldn't compete with them. So we stopped uh, for a while. Then I decided to do my <laughs> uh, do different things. Uh, so so we the, start. the first one was the Kenzie, correct? No, uh, <clears throat> it's actually a Kuro. Kuro. It was a okay. old box, a black box, mm -hmm. and then uh, there was a scan liner, and the first one was scan liner. It was just a, a like SLG three thousand. It's a scanline generator, mm -hmm. and uh, I I want to try combine this thing, these two things, and uh, want to see the wanted to see the demand, mm -hmm. and uh, we created the Hanzo. There were actually only four orders uh, of these boxes. I actually keep. I, I am actually keeping one of the first ones. Then we started taking orders in assembler forms, mm -hmm. and everybody was asking about Hanzo, mm -hmm. and uh, it was my, it, it was our most popular uh, product and well-known one. So uh, <laughs> then uh, we developed Kenzie to combine uh, uh, to make it. Um, the sync combiner. Yes, make it compatible with uh, XRGB. Uh, and then we combined the integrator uh, for creating the Toro. Yeah, the and Toro is my favorite. I love that one because it has every option you could possibly ask for for the Dreamcast. Uh, it has become uh, <laughs> more popular than uh, every other product, as you say. And... Uh, we keep building them. Mm -hmm. We are continuously improving it, and uh, now uh, we will have another version in the next months. Uh, it's, it has some small uh, change, but no, there is no difference in the quality or the design uh, for the customer end. Uh, I, I, I don't want to call them customers, they are all my friends. <laughs> I don't call. I don't. I never call them as customers, and I never look at them. Uh, as, uh, I always look at them. Uh, care, uh, uh, I always uh, forget the words. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, so the one thing I did notice about the Toro is it used to have the a sync combiner button. And I think it has jumpers now, correct? Yes. Was there a reason for that? Uh, <laughs> yeah. there, there were some quality issues with the latest buttons we received, so we decided to change the uh, change it to jumpers instead. But now we are changing it to an, uh, another switch for the next region. 
It was a small uh, switch which I liked its operation and it's better, I think. And uh, is the switch going to be on the outside like the rest of them or still on the inside? Uh, no, it's in the same place like before, uh, but uh, smaller and, and there is no change in the function, uh, function wise, but only uh, the part will be changed. Uh, they do the same job. <laughs> cool. So when you um, when you toggle that switch, um, it goes to it changes for both outputs. Is that or is that correct, or is it always RGBS for the SCART one? Yes. Uh, only the uh, VGA part uh, changes. Uh, SCART. Uh, is outputting always uh, RGBS and uh, VGA is outputting RGBHV and when you change the jumper or the switch uh, but uh, press the button uh, it's, it's changed to the RGBS mode gotcha okay um, the other thing the, those are still compatible with the VGA cable, so you could use it as a scanliner and as a sync combiner. Is that correct? Yes. Um, um, a lot of people ask where to get those cables. Um, I don't think you have it as a separate line item on your website. Should they just uh, email you directly? Yeah, we can sell separately, but uh, when you normally when you order a Toro or Hanzo, uh, there's a, a, another a product called plus access, uh, with excess scanliner cable, it includes that cable. But you can also separately order it. Uh, currently, we are low in, uh, low in uh, stock. Uh, it will be out of stock soon. Uh, but we will order, uh, we will build more soon. And uh, it allows your Hanzo or Toro to be a standalone scanline generator, generator like SLG uh, 3000 and retro. <laughs> I don't know. There are many products. Yeah. Um, one of the changes I saw that you made over the years that I really liked is on your older models, you used to have to take the top off in order to change the which plug was in, either VGA or the Dreamcast. And now on the newer ones, it's a side plug, so a right angle plug, so you don't need to take the top off. That was a very good change. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, many people are asking about uh, longer cables or uh, shorter cables. We build them in one size, uh, and most of the time, uh, the cable hangs uh, on the back of the TV, and that part sometimes uh, plug, uh, how do you say, plugs off, uh, right, the comes, comes off, yep. plugs comes out, so uh, sometimes it may be for some people. Uh, the previous design uh, was more uh, rigid for some, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't recommend uh, <laughs> to use it as a regular cable. Uh, it should stand straight and don't. Uh, it shouldn't be uh, moved uh, or hanging. Hanged. <laughs> gotcha. 
Yeah, that's a, a problem I ran into a while back. I, I tried to, to fit my Dreamcast in the corner, and I bent, yeah. I, I actually bent the cable around, like, in a right angle. Um, and I, it just like you're not supposed to do at all. I know, with uh, even, you know, with most cables. It bounce, uh, but <laughs> I don't recommend it. Yeah, I ended up breaking it, so it was totally my fault. So, <laughs> yeah, actually, definitely try to keep it so that it's spread out, one right behind the other. Actually, it's not a problem. If something happens to the cable, we replace it with a new one without any cost. Uh, and we are doing it for uh, from day one. So uh, for units about, about three years old, four years old, we are still giving them a new life or upgrades and without taking any uh, <laughs> money. That's really awesome. That's great. So uh, you have a new product out that I've gotten a chance to play with, the Acura, um, the HDMI Dreamcast box. Yes. Um, I, I liked that. That was cool because there's a lot of ways to get Dreamcast in HDMI, but all of them require multiple things, you know, different boxes, different adapters, and this is just one right into the back, directly into the TV. Um, yeah. Now, you, uh, you were talking before a few weeks ago with me about adding 480i support for TVs that will accept it through HDMI. And most will. I've run into a few that don't, but most will. Um, is, how has that been working out? Is that now something that's... Um... Uh, there's a new firmware uh, that we, are, we, were, we have been testing for a while. Uh, but uh, not all... Uh, TVs or displays are compatible with 480i. Uh, so the, sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, the, most TVs are only supporting the 480p. So uh, we are still considering about releasing it. Uh, there's a firmware uh, connector, uh, firmware update, connector in the on the Acura so it can be updated by with a with a very cheap uh, programmer from eBay or AliExpress so uh, we are still considering about it but uh, on some games for example uh, Street Fighter 3 uh, in 240p mm -hmm. it uh, it doesn't work. Uh, yeah, that's um, that's something that I've been dealing with a lot in testing Dreamcast. Is there a list of games that don't work over RGB, which means they won't work uh, through any of your boxes unless you patch the ISO? Um, and there's a few games that also won't work in 480p without a patch. Um, yeah. And somebody said there was... A, I've actually never tried it because... Um, but uh, you could do a trick where you boot it in 480i mode and then flip the switch to 480p. Um, I've I've only just, to be honest, every time I come across a game that doesn't work in 480p, I download the patch, rip the CD, and, and then burn a CDR for it, so I don't have to worry. But. Uh, I have been uh, playing Dreamcase from the day one because my, uh, my father was uh, the distributor of Sega uh, at the time. So uh, I was one of the first guys in uh, here, uh, first first players uh, that on Dreamcast, and 
after uh, after time, uh, this uh, backup copies uh, the runcast scene uh, has started, and uh, we were patching games, copying uh, ISO, uh, burning disks to play new games. And I remember always we were patching for uh, VGA or RGB mods, but uh, not all gamers are uh, from day one a Dreamcast owner. So they need to, they need to uh, learn how to do the, these things. Uh, they need to uh, have to page, have to copy, uh, so there there are there are always new comers. There are always new gamers, who, uh, and they own. Uh, they are re uh, who recently uh, owns a Dreamcast or another console. So uh, what you are do doing and the others uh, is great that uh, you are teaching others how to do. Uh, do these things. Uh, most people are uh, tell, telling me about you. Uh, <laughs> you are also well known here. Some friends uh, told me about you. <laughs> oh wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you are famous here too. <laughs> that's funny. Thank you. Um, so with uh, with the Acura, um, you know the the tricks that you're just saying, but uh, can that also be used as a scan liner box, uh, just like with the other ones, or, or through HDMI? Uh, we used we have tested it uh, for some devices, uh, but on some it's not behaving properly, uh, so I didn't want to uh, release it. Uh, also, uh, uh, I was thinking which consoles uh, it can work with. Uh, I couldn't find uh, a console uh, left with or needs uh, that scan line. We have an idea. For example, I tested with know me some arcade boards oh. uh, maybe pc mm -hmm. uh, it works well but uh, on for example on now me interestingly it's it's causing some issues gotcha okay i, I have to play around with that too myself once i have uh, some free time just out of curiosity but i don't know i'm not really sure what i would use it for i think pc is probably the uh probably the only thing I could think of, but people are creative. I'm sure they'll find other ways that they'll want to try that. <laughs> so Maybe maybe they can use it for other things. Uh, it, uh, Acura can support up to uh, 1080p, uh, so PCs can be used, uh, but not sure about the scanline generator because it, it's, it's custom, uh, it's, it's optimized for the Dreamcast. So there may be some problems. Uh, we didn't want to. Uh, maybe later uh, can uh, also uh, supply it 
Um, so are there any products in the future that uh, that you guys are working on? Anything else? Are you sticking yes, with the are products, but they are confidential. Gotcha. <laughs> I can't tell you. No, no, that's but, fair. Yeah. That's fair. There are many people watching. <laughs> so, so um, no. one thing I would like to talk about is your Game Gear consoleized box. Um, will you guys continue to make those? Because I think they sold out within a few minutes when you put them up. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I, I wasn't expecting that uh, <laughs> people uh, bought them in seconds. Uh, yeah, in same seconds. <laughs> <laughs> they all press the same button at the same time. I can't imagine that how, how things happen. They are. Um, Infrastructure, payment infrastructure, mm -hmm. uh, all uh, was kaput. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we had to cancel them. Uh, so, so I apologize for uh, from our friends for that. But in the future, we want to build more. It's very uh, time-consuming uh, project, but uh, we are hunting down some uh, game gear. Uh, game gear boards from Japan. Mm -hmm. uh, I hope if you have enough uh, boards to build, uh, we will build more because now everything is. Uh, how, big, how can I say? Uh, everything. The production is streamlined, I guess. So you yeah, yeah. It together. can be mass produced uh, now. So uh, for your. Oh, I'm sorry, go For ahead. your question, mm -hmm. uh, we will have more products, uh, some converters and upscalers in the future. Oh, but cool. uh, also some uh, con uh, controller and arc uh, controller converters and some arcade uh, super guns we are planning. Uh, but uh, now, uh, Akura took too much of our time, and uh, after we, um, how do you say, we set we settled down the Akura production like Toro uh, and others. Uh, we will start for the other projects, and they are be, they have been uh, they are being tested now, so uh, I can't show anything from now. We also. For, uh, we will also uh, build some consoleized MVS Neo Geo systems, but not so much. Uh, only few limited edition. So, uh, so. gotcha. Um, I did have a question about the uh, consoleized Game Gear. Um, yes. There was somebody I met recently that designed a board that allowed you to plug a Sega Genesis controller in, so you could use the start button on the Sega Genesis. Um, is that? Would you? Are you guys going to be integrating that into the next revision so that you could um, just use a Genesis controller? Uh, I couldn't understand it. Uh... So with uh, with your Game Gear, uh, consoleized Game Gear, um, you use a Master System controller, correct? Yeah. yeah. You can use the Genesis controller as well. Uh, only the A button and the Start button is not working, and uh, for the six button controller, also same. Only B and C buttons are working, mm -hmm. functioning. Uh, 
I was thinking another thing. Sorry for your <laughs> repeating your question. Okay. There was uh, I I saw a mod about Game Gear. Uh, it's plugging in on the backs. Uh, he is using a Nintendo controller. Yep, that was uh, that was one. Uh, there were two, so that was one of them. Um, that one uses the Nintendo controller, and another one uh, is just a circuit board. I have one here, but I haven't had time to test it yet. Uh, and it allows you to plug in uh, a Genesis controller, and the start button will work with the Game Gear. No, uh, currently not. But uh, if the controller can be modded, uh, it can be used. But for now, we uh, put a. Uh, dark blue button on the console for the start uh, uh, for the place of start button gotcha okay um so i i'm wondering did i forget to talk about anything because we got um we got all of your dreamcast products we talked about the game gear you gave us a hint of new products to come um was there anything i forgot about i think that covers everything right Yes. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to to get on and and talk to me about this. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's nice to finally talk to you after all the years we've been emailing each other. We were friends for years, and uh, (laughs) I am very happy uh, to have uh, talked. I'm ready to know you, and uh, uh. thanks, man. Appreciate it. So, um, I'll, uh, I guess I'll keep in touch with you, and I'll let everybody else know as soon as any of your new products come out. And uh, I'm definitely going to keep using all of them for my Dreamcast. So, thank you very much. Thank you for your support, support, and uh, keep up the great job. And uh, I hope you have more. Uh, visitors and uh, 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 my best wishes. <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care. I'll see you guys next week.